To the Extreme ECW Livecast. This week we are covering episodes 48 and 49 of Extreme Hardcore TV. I'm Mike Pru along with JV. JV, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. How are you doing? Hanging in there. Hanging in there with this coronavirus, <laughs> with this quarantine that just about half the country wants to say, fuck it, we're not quarantining anymore. <laughs> So, yeah, that's going on, and hopefully everybody's still staying safe, and apparently not everybody gives a fuck anymore, so if you don't give a fuck anymore, yeah, the weather's nice, tired of staying home, tired of going crazy, so just fuck it. So, my opinion is, get sick if you want to. Fucking have fun. Go get sick. Basically where I'm at now. <laughs> Go fucking get sick. And if I get sick, I'm going to be a one mad motherfucker if I get sick now. So that's where I'm at with this. People can't have any fucking patience in this day and age. It's driving me fucking nuts. I'm going nuts trying to be patient. And now I'm getting crazier because people are impatient. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> Fuck, I can't watch the news anymore. <laughs> That's where I'm at. Well, I kinda, yeah, I kind of stopped watching the news. I'll tune in like a couple times a week. See what the president has to say. Then see what, you know, part of the politicians across both aisles yeah. have to say. And then I just kind of walk away like, wow, we're fucked. Yeah, this is, just, <laughs> this is just another thing that we've, like we've had in the previous years in this country, that just continue to rip this country apart. And how we are dealing with this, right, it's become political. I mean, I don't even see it at that level yet where it's become a political debate between the parties because that's kind of staying out of it. But I see it more as a social issue that's tearing people apart at this point. More, more, you know, just like with any other social issue. Now it's, oh, I want to go out. I want to, I need to work. And I understand that many people do need to work. But fucking go ahead and die, maybe, if you want to go ahead and work. <laughs> so, how about I don't that? Know. It's just, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to make of it all. It's just to me, it's just political, political bullshit from yeah. both sides. You know, one monkey throwing shit at the other monkey. It and is. Then, uh, it's just stressing an election me out. year, so that makes it even worse. It stresses right. me out too. It's just like, dude, each each party just wants to like fucking throw shade at the other. Yep. I'm not even saying who's right or wrong. Some no, are right. Nobody's right or wrong. Good points. They both have good points. They both have bad points. 
Well, right, and obviously, I, I want people to stay home, but other people say, no, we don't fucking need to stay home. And I understand your opinion and yeah. shit, but just fucking... Yeah, I mean, they do need a... I, we're wrestling, so we're going right. to get back to wrestling. Oh, yeah, we're going to get back to wrestling. Yeah. I wanted to bring that up in just a second, but you know, I just wanted to give you know the feeling of how I actually feel right now, and then that'll all change <laughs> once we get back at this extreme ECW live cast covering March 15th and 22nd of 1994. And I hope all of you guys in the Book and the Territory Army are doing just fine, and you're handling it the way you want to handle it, and still enjoying life the best you can. And if this podcast helps you do that then we're happy to do it and we're glad so that's what we're gonna don't hate your friends or your don't hate your friends or your neighbors just because they don't agree with your political take on something right this is just absolutely i have friends i don't agree with politically and you know it's okay i don't agree with you but you're still friends i don't hate you right it's just an opinion it's like an asshole we all have them it makes our country so great you know right like you all know we have assholes. It's not like you go around like pointing out your friend's asshole and saying, your asshole sucks. I don't like that asshole. My asshole is better yeah, than yeah. yours. No, it's all individual assholes. They all suck when it comes down to it. And just deal with it. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So with that note, let's fucking move on to, <laughs> to getting this show started here. So sorry for the sorry, uh, sad note there. Fucking I usually don't get any. Emotion out of me in that in that sense when we're talking about real world. I like to keep my emotion for this fake world, this wrestling world. And I probably offended somebody with that fake comment too, but fuck you right now. So that's <laughs> yeah, that right. <laughs> but thanks everybody for signing up for the Book in the Territory Patreon feed and checking us out because we're just one show on that feed that comes out every two weeks. So some of you maybe just stumbled into us for this episode 23. So maybe the first time you're hearing us and you, you might not be listening, but if you're still all listening at this point, hang in there because we'll get to wrestling just soon enough. All right. So JV and I not only do this every two weeks, we also do the bottom line wrestling cast, which we cover the career of stone cold, Steve Austin. And we are trucking through that year. We're about to head into 2001. And that means that Austin's career in WWF, this is mainly focused on Stone Cold Steve Austin, so not really Stunning Steve, WCW, and USWA and all that prior stuff. We do touch on that, but that's not the main part of the show. And at this point, he's heading into his the start of his sixth year. So he started basically January 96, and now it's January 2001. So that's what we've covered so far. And that means there's not much left. So we got all 2001 into 2002. He leaves for a little while in 2002, comes back 2003, and that's the end of his career. And then he has his little stint as the sheriff right at the end of his career. So we're getting towards the end there on the bottom line wrestling cast. So check that out and enjoy. It's a, it's a journey. And that's what we're doing here is continuing our, our journey of ECW, and we're trucking along. This is March, the end of March of 1994, and JV and I started in the first week of April of 1993 with the first episode of Eastern Championship Wrestling. So we're just about a year in. And actually, our next episode in two weeks will be our one-year anniversary 
of doing the Extreme ECW Livecast. Do you believe that, JV? You've been doing this no. for almost a year now, too? <laughs> I don't believe it because I have no concept of time. It just feels like we started a couple of months ago. Right. So, man, it's, we're just trucking along and things are just getting better and better. And it's almost getting to being extreme. And I, I would say, based on what I remember from watching ECW back in 95, 96, when I was 12 and 13 years old, that this is similar at this point. It's similar to what I was watching in 95, 96. So it's close to that. It's just not called Extreme Championship Wrestling yet, but it basically is the same thing. There's many of the same characters. Some of them are still in the early phases of their character, like Tommy Dreamer, Sandman still. But you have teams like Public Enemy, who we talked about two weeks ago, just defeated Kevin Sullivan and Taz, who's known as the Tasmaniac at this point. So he's still early on, but he's there already. And Public Enemy defeats them for the tag team titles. And Kevin Sullivan is going to seek revenge on the Public Enemy. And he brings in another guy that's familiar, not as an ECW guy, but familiar to most people as Hugh Morris. Bill DeMott, and that's Crash, the Terminator. So he comes in on the last episode that we talked about. So things are happening here in Eastern Championship Wrestling at this point. And, you know, that's a quick little recap of what was going down two weeks ago on the early episodes of March of 1994. But we're going to bring you the next episode, ECW Hardcore TV, episode 48, from March 15th, 1994. <laughs> So let's get set up, ready to go with that. JV, do you have your timestamp ready to go? Oh yeah, I'm ready, man. I'm ready right. to dive right in. Awesome. So it's a 38 minute and 8 second episode. And we're going to have the disclaimer that we're going to sit through. So everybody's synced up. If you're not synced up, just click pause when you're ready to go. Come back. And I'll give you the countdown. So here's the countdown. I'm going to count down five down to one and say play. When I say play, well, click play. Five, four, three, two, one, play. All right. Presented in the most complete form possible due to original production technical difficulties. I thought we weren't going to say that anymore. <laughs> I felt like it today. <laughs> All right, Paulie gives us an opening here. Let's see what he has to say. Swag. Yeah, look at that cool ECW hat, actually. The Taz Maniac, who they might as well call Mick Taz, because after Sabu is done with you, you're going to feel drunker than an Irishman on St. Patrick's Day. ECW, more hardcore than Jeff Galuli's wedding night. All right, what a good opening by Paul E. setting up the big match. It's going to be Sabu versus Taz, a Tasmaniac for the TV title. And he really puts that over. Woman. Oh. Hi. Yeah, there's the public enemy. Public enemy. Who the hell is that? Jason. Jason and Sherry, I think. Must have been Shane Douglas. That makes more sense. Oh. But it did look like Jason. Oh, there's Jason. Oh, there he is. <laughs> Ooh, Maddie in the house. <laughs> I love Maddie in the house. It's cool. Reminds me of someone that would have been on like MTV's Real World. <laughs> 
And here's our boy Joey Styles in the Eagle's Nest. Hey, Joey. Always wondering what he's looking at when he's up in the Eagle's Nest. Why is he looking up higher? Should be looking down. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> he always puts his eyes up. I'm in the Eagle's Nest. Ooh. <laughs> good rundown of the card. So there's a big super card coming up called Ultimate Jeopardy. And we're not going to be able to watch this because it's not available anywhere. So we're going to have to skip over it. Oh, really? Yep. That's a bummer. It's not on the network and it's not on anything that I could find on the internet, like Daily Motion. All right, but let's see if we can uh, listen to the rest of Shane Douglas and the public enemy here. Terry Funk, I've heard you out here saying tonight that you don't respect the franchise. Well, that's okay because the franchise is going to get your respect the old-fashioned way. I'm going to make you crawl to my feet, and I'm going to make you earn it. You see something? I've gone out and I've gotten myself a couple of guys that in 1991 were proud to burn Los Angeles down. They don't care about the rules. They don't care about breaking legs. And I'm going to take them and I'm going to order them to do one thing very simply terry funk all you gentlemen are supposed to do and i use gentlemen quite loosely you take kevin sullivan out you take crash out and then you leave that old broken down terry funk to me so i can earn his respect these guys man public enemy is hilarious the whole time Shane Douglas is speaking, Rocco Rock and Johnny Grunge are just making these silly ass faces. And of course they have Chicago White Sox hats on. Because that was the thug thing to do back in 1994. <laughs> Anything that was black w was, you know, the shit. Like if it was Oakland Raiders, no, Los Angeles Raiders. Raiders. If it was Chicago White Sox, that was the cool shit. And the to Los wear. Angeles Kings in hockey. Yeah, the Kings, too. Well, of course, Lion Kings, L.A. Kings. <laughs> yeah. But when somebody in, like, Fall River, Massachusetts is wearing that, it's like, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. What do you think the you Patriots are? Patriots jacket. <laughs> All right, so Shane Douglas has brought in the public enemy to support him in his attack on Crash and Kevin Sullivan. So that he can earn Terry Funk's respect. And now we move on to our first match of the show. And it's going to be Jimmy Snooker. Who's managed by the turd. Hunter Q. Robbins, the turd. And Jimmy Snooker's teaming up with Sandman, who has recently turned heel. Because of his wife. Who's being all sultry lately. Making... Kissy videos. And uh, they're going to go up against Tommy Cairo and Tommy Dreamer. Sandman. Hey, Sandman's got his his uh, his look. His more familiar look. <laughs> yeah. With the baggy MC Hammer pants. He's looking more streetish. Right. Than surferish. 
And I believe he did that maybe the last episode or the episode we did prior to that. He did wear it, but then he, he was back into surfer gear. So maybe that was like a recording issue where it's just out of place. Oh, yeah. Because he did wear something like this. I remember mentioning it. And then he was back to that surfer gear. I can't wait for Tommy Dreamer to get out of that Chippendale gear, though. <laughs> yeah, no shit. But he actually looks like a wrestler here, as compared to when he looks like Tommy Dreamer of the ECW years, where it's just a fucking t-shirt and <laughs> shit, you know? But I do appreciate the wrestling look. I have been known to bitch to people about wrestlers wearing shirts. It's like, if you're a wrestler... Get over it. If you're out of shape, too bad. You're a wrestler. Take your fucking shirt off. It's like when somebody goes to the beach and wears a shirt. It's like everybody else is here. So, like 75% of them are fat too. Take your fucking shirt off. You're not special. Nobody doesn't realize you're not fat either because you have a shirt on. So fucking take your shirt off and get some sun. So the same thing with wrestlers. Take your fucking shirt off. You're in the ring. Take it off. <laughs> And that's yeah, just we've seen work. I've thought for years. <laughs> Part of the job. Yeah. Like a fucking athlete, too. <laughs> right. Get, get kind of in shape. Or look like skinny fat or something. Like, I don't know. <laughs> All right. So you have Tommy Cairo and Snooker in the ring. Snooker's heel. Snooker's been heel this whole run. Which is cool. Because it's different than what we've seen, WWF. He only played a heel briefly back in 1982, before he was too cool to be a heel. The crowd put him over, and he basically had to be a babyface, because he did a splash off the top rope, which at the time was not <laughs> something anybody would do. So that immediately Kids made him a babyface. So yeah. He's a babyface now. Uh, here is he comes into ECW. He's been a heel the whole time. He was the first ECW champion. He was the first ECW TV champion. So he's he's big time star in ECW. In ECW's history, at least. From the point that he leaves, he'll go unforgotten, basically. You know, when you think ECW, you don't think Jimmy Snuka. No, 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 definitely not. I like to well, think these two guys. Right. So that's a good comparison here. Is you have the person that basically helps set them up as being something. There's a huge part of their first year. Now you have this feud beginning here. Tommy Dreamer and Sandman. And Tommy Dreamer immediately looks way better than Sandman. <laughs> <laughs> So they're going just back and forth with Irish whips <laughs> and clothesline attempts. And you get a nice reverse atomic drop. That should be the atomic ball drop. An eye poke? Yeah, he poked him in the eye and then he tossed him out of the ring and right into the guardrail. Putting over his age. Yeah, he's only 22, about to be 23. I'm 
I'll just try to Sandman's chuck. I was trying a Sandman sucks sh uh, chant in the crowd. Oh, wow. I mean, I guess I can't say wow because he did suck. <laughs> Sandman yeah. did suck. <laughs> Who you fooling, bro? He sucks. Right. right now. You know, considering what he becomes. You know, it seems like blasphemous to say, oh, Sandman, yeah, he sucked. Well, he did suck. He sucked until he got a cool character. Yeah, until he didn't suck anymore. Right. <laughs> so at this point, he sucked. So for all you Sandman fans out there, you got to accept, he sucked at this point. Yeah. That's what happens a lot with revisionist history, is you look back at something and it's, oh, yeah, they were just, oh, no, give him a break. No, they suck. Just accept it for what it is. They got better. Yeah, you don't have. Yeah, you don't have not to like him the whole fucking like career. He's, yeah, it's like you're saying he sucked his whole career. <laughs> right. I get it. I'm with you, proof. Wow, chops back and forth. Slap. Tommy Dream is in the corner getting slapped. They are going back and forth with those slaps. You got a reversal into the corner. Sandman gets a big foot up. Oh. Tommy Dreamer grabs him and does a nice yeah, suplex. A belly to belly, yep. And an elbow drop. I'm at a timestamp of 11 minutes, 2 seconds, 3 seconds, 4 seconds. I'm like a half second behind you. Not All right. to fuck with it. Yeah. Tommy Cairo comes in like a blaze of glory and does a spinning heel kick and then a belly to belly suplex. And he's going to follow it up with a gut wrench suplex. Holy shit. Tommy Cairo oh. goes for the cover. Snooker breaks the count. Tommy Dreamer Snooker is in there the now. Battling away. Look how slow that fan's going in the background. Oh, my God. I don't know if you noticed that. That was just a random view of mine. But <laughs> check out that fan in the top. What's oh yeah, it? it's like hardly spinning. <laughs> yeah, it's barely spinning. This is a small-ass building, considered to be one of the hottest buildings the wrestlers ever f wrestled in. And that fan is going so slow. And Hunter Q. Robbins comes in and calls a DQ. And he's fucked now. Tommy Dreamer takes his glasses off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't want to hit a man with glasses. JV, what movie... Is that known from from our childhood? You wouldn't hit me with glasses, would you? Oh, it's from. Uh, don't tell me. I know this. Wouldn't hit me with glasses, would ya? Fuck! 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 Hold on. Um. Wouldn't hit me with. Come back to me in a second. All right. Let's take a listen to Todd Gordon. What he has to say right now. With his fucking pimp ass jacket and scarf. Look at his glasses. Alright, we don't need to hear about this because we're not going to talk about Ultimate Jeopardy. Really? But look at Todd Gordon. Holy shit. He's got those Arn Anderson shades on. Alright, JV, you want to know the quote? I got a hint. I'll know once you give me a hint. Alright. Um, 1989 movie. If Road Warrior Hawk loses uh, Batman. Match, yes, Batman. I was thinking the mask at first. Oh. As Jack Nicholson. That was one of my guests, Jack Nicholson. Yeah. It's the Joker. He's getting his ass beat up by Batman at the top of the bell tower. 
the cathedral towards the end of the movie. Because you wouldn't even timestamp right now. What's your timestamp right now? I just lost the uh, thirteen thirty. For some reason. Alright, I think I'm there. I'm at 40, 41. Yep. Yeah, I'm there. Okay. For some reason, my browser just decided to reload itself. Oh. Alright, so Maddie in the house just popped up while Todd Gordon's cutting his ultimate Jeopardy sales pitch for March 26th. Get that hairline in the back. Oh my god, that's Way back. Whew. Way back. Cut it. Yeah, Kick fuck it. off. Cut that shit. It looks like he has another beard. Like he could draw a face and a nose. Like eyes, nose, and the back of his head have two faces. <laughs> I actually did a clean shave this morning. I have a baby face for the first oh, shit. time in like a year or two. Wow. No facial hair, nothing. Baby face bandit. Jess is pissed. She's pissed? Yeah, I didn't tell I was doing it, so she's, oh. like, adjusting. <laughs> What'd you do that for? Oh, Maddie's back in the house. Oh, let's lay yeah. off of this and listen to the how shitty this Mr. Hughes promo is going to be. And Mr. Jason. Hughes, I beat Undertaker. I beat the dead man. <laughs> that's yeah, Notorious B.I.G. Actually, they didn't cut a promo, so we don't have to lay out. But, yeah, that's Notorious B.I.G. you just did right there. I tried. It was supposed to be. <laughs> Who's this he's in the room with? Fat Haku? <laughs> Fat Haku. Fat Samoan. Who the fuck is this? Is this this guy? is... Billy Firehawk. Jeez. Firehawk. And this match was taped on March 6, 1994. Our episodes from two weeks ago, episode 22, we were covering the matches from March 5, 1994. So this is the next night. And it's Mr. Hughes versus Billy Firehawk. What a shitty name. It looks like a Samoan, so why not give him a Samoan name? Firehawk. Getting his ass kicked. This is obviously a squash match. That's it. An elbow drop. Oh, okay. No, Mr. Hughes doesn't want to pin him. No, no, no. I'm not ready. We've talked about this before, where that happens that the other guy usually ends up winning. That's not going to happen this time. Oh, a drop kick from Mr. Hughes. And the fan in the front row is applauding that. From one fat guy to another, I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, there he is, Jason. Fucking nice side... Super kick. Some sweet chin music from Jason. He's probably uh, trying to be like Shawn Michaels at the time. <laughs> Just to give a kind of perspective of what might be going on elsewhere in wrestling in March of 1994. This is just a week before WrestleMania 10 where Shawn Michaels will have that great ladder match with Razor Ramon. And Mr. Hughes is going to win with the sidewalk slam. Which is funny because he's basically a Big Bubba Rogers knockoff. Now it's Big Bubba Rogers finishing move, the big boss man, sidewalk slam. Alright, so we jump right into the big match that was hyped at the top of the show. 
the franchise Shane Douglas with the public enemy. The new ECW Tag Team Champions without their belts. So this match probably happened before they won the belts. <laughs> and there's Douglas. He got a sporting little goatee here. Yeah, looking a little badass now. <laughs> he does look badass. He does. Oh, there's Crash now. Hugh Morris. People have that Hugh Morris haircut now. Women. I actually see women with that haircut. Yeah, no shit. Changed. <laughs> Kevin Sullivan and the great Terry Funk. Also another great contributing factor to ECW during this first year. As we wrap up this first year, Terry Funk has been along the entire time. Helping make this a legitimate business. So those are some of the unsung heroes. It's Terry Funk. Jimmy Snooker, Sandman. These are true originals of ECW. And things have just gotten better as Shane Douglas came in, Public Enemy. I wouldn't say Crash the Terminator helped out much. <laughs> but he's here. And there's Sherry Martell in her brief little run here in ECW. Well, she definitely did help Shane Douglas look legit, though, as the top heel. Because that's all she really did is be with the top heel. Whether it was prior to this, Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair, um, Rick, the, Rick the Model Martel for a period. Let the world never forget the awesome promo she had with Medusa. Or yes. Blaze, or whatever the fuck she was going by. Uh, what? Probably like five, six episodes ago now we covered that. Yeah. Yeah, not too long ago. Great little hotel segment that they had bitching at each other. <laughs> when uh, off camera, uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine is just sitting there. <laughs> sitting there with uh, Sherry. That was her fuck buddy for the Greg night, probably. The Greg the Hammer Valentine's face. Yeah, look like an old lady. Yeah. Alright, so the match hadn't started, so we got a lot of fucking stalling going on here since Sherry ran to the back. I don't know why she's running to the back, but I guess that'll be part of the story, so let's pay attention to that. Yeah, take a shit. <laughs> yeah. Sherry, got, Fuck. Sherry got to take a shit. Sherry out back taking a shit. Is that Rock or Rock talking? <laughs> <laughs> Like from Friday. He's like, Snoopy's out back taking a shit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so this match kicks off. We got constant clotheslines by Kevin Sullivan as Rock Rock falls to the floor. You got the crowd yelling at Rock Rock to get up. What do they got on those jerseys here? What is this? Major League Baseball 1993. What the fuck kind of shirt is that? There's a B in the middle of it. Like a old English font B. I mean, you figure it would be White Sox jersey, but maybe it's their minor league team, Barrington White Sox. Was that the name of the team that Michael Jordan was on? Was it Barrington? Something like that. Yeah, what the fuck team was Michael Jordan on? 
think it was Barrington. And that might be those jerseys. <laughs> yeah, Barrington, Illinois. Oh, that makes sense then if it's Barrington. Oh, Shane Douglas just pushed off Terry Funk from the on the second row, but he was trying to climb up at the top. Now Crash, Hugh Morris is up, and he's going to do his padded moonsault where his head hit Rocco Rock in the gut. Which is impressive to see a big guy like that. Dude. It is. I, I always thought that was impressive when I started watching him in WCW in 1995. Like, holy shit, that's pretty cool. He played for the Birmingham Barons. Oh, Birmingham. All right, Birmingham. Oh, Barons. So I was thinking Barrington instead of Barons. You were close. You were on, you were on the right track. Yeah. Maybe maybe that's what those jerseys are, though. <laughs> <laughs> what, year, what year did he play there? Because that could be key. Uh, would have been 94. This is 94. Well, it's prior to the season starting. This is March. So the season was just starting. Oh, so he would have already announced. He would have been in spring training at this point. So that could have already been a story. So they went out and got that shit to wear. Yeah, I mean, he announced right after he won, basically, that he wasn't returning. Or after right. his father passed away, right? Yeah. I remember I had a huge card, a huge baseball card. I don't know what, how I got it. But it was like a jumbo-sized card. Of him, it's like an upper deck jumbo size card of him in his um, Baron's uniform. I had one. It wasn't a big card, though. It's probably rare. Yeah, I don't know where that big card came from. It was just weird. It's like super oversized. Maybe, actually, it probably came out of a magazine or something like that. And he had to tear it out. <laughs> So it's worthless, but I remember having this super giant car. I was like, where the fuck am I going to put this? I can't put this with my other cards. Oh, needless to say, I don't have it. This match isn't really doing much. It's kind of a disservice to Terry Funk. Considering the work Terry Funk's been putting in the last couple episodes we covered. Yeah. Even the crowd seems kind of out of it. The very dry, mundane, vanilla chant they got going on. Right. Yeah, and at this point, like I said, I don't know if Public Enemy actually won the titles yet. And if they had, if they had won the titles, you'd think they'd be more excited to see Public Enemy in this match. You think so? Yeah. So, I'm looking at the uh, the order, the actual order of how things went down. And this match was from March 6. Public Enemy, Kevin Sullivan, Tasmaniacs. Nope. Different match. Yeah, actually, they did win the titles. They won the titles like six matches before this. So they're probably fed up with Public Enemy. <laughs> like, yeah, we just saw them. Why the fuck are they in another match? That's going to be the thing about going to a show where it's multiple tapings. Just seeing like how they're pretending that it's another show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> you guys weren't just here five minutes ago. <laughs> or or other times where they like say dates like next week and then they come out and it's like an hour later. 
It's like I thought you said next week. I'm seeing it now. Oh, cool. Oh, a little stun gun from Shane Douglas onto Terry Funk. Looking on the neck, Joey Styles is calling out here. I felt there, sh been, there should have been more build-up to Funk and Douglas interacting with each other than what we were given here. Like, it should have been between the tag teams, like, building up to a huge hot tag and then Shane Douglas and Terry Funk going at it. But it was just lackluster, like you're saying. The crowd doesn't give a shit. And at this point, as I was kind of alluding to, they're at the second half of the show. Yep. So the crowd could be kind of exhausted with what's been going on. Well, there's a couple of big matches to come for the crowd. Terry Funk's going to kick out of Shane Douglas' cover there. And the match has kind of settled down after some chair throwing outside of the ring. Shane Douglas looks like he's setting up for a pile driver. And he's got it. Spike pile driver. That looked good. But he goes for a cover foolishly without hooking the leg. Terry Funk kicks right out. He's hulking up. He's Terry Hulk. Funk. <laughs> oh, back and forth, back and forth. Headbutts. Oh, shit, that was legit. Those are some real punches back and forth. Maybe not full punches, but they're making contact. And a back body drop, but Shane's going to tag out. And Terry Funk's able to tag out. They're both out. We got a. Uh, I guess you tag teams. I don't know. Kevin Sullivan and Morris really a. Uh, yeah. Team right now. Yeah. Because last week, Kevin Sullivan introduced them as being part of their group, and Taz may be going on a singles run, kind of at this point. So it's essentially Kevin Sullivan's new partner. Kevin Sullivan does a pile driver. Ooh. So, Sullivan pile drives grunge and gets the win, but this is not a tag team title match. It's a different style match. It's a three-on-three, three, so titles don't change, of course. But that's a, it's a nice little touch where Public Enemy just defeated them for the titles, but Kevin Sullivan comes right back and gets a pinfall on that team when it doesn't matter. So it doesn't totally bury... Kevin Sullivan, because that feud will continue. All right, Maddie in the house. Let's lay out for Maddie in the house. And I'm here at the Valley Forge Music Fair, where the ECW will present Ultimate Jeopardy, the match no one can afford to lose. That's right, no man can afford to lose this match. Do you want to know why? Because Saturday, March 26th at 1 p.m., Shane Douglas could be bald. That's right, they could shave his head if he loses. Oh, my God, like a cue ball, like an eight ball, like one of the three stooges, Curly. You know what I mean? Whoa, 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 whoa. I want to see that. He just went, whoa, 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 like Curly. That's <laughs> this guy's on drugs. <laughs> be... he, was, he was on an eight ball. Oh, no, Johnny. Yes. See ya. Wouldn't want to 
be ya. Yeah, that's the fucking Tootsie Roll thing I was talking about. Prior to the show starting. Public Enemy does their little thing. Terry Funk, got Negan's the 50-year-old heavyweight champ, Negan got his jacket has done from something that not even George Foreman could do. At 50 years old, he is the heavyweight champ. All this pride will go down Saturday, March 26th at the Valley Forge Music Fair. Because if Terry Funk loses, he will lose. He will be stripped of his heavyweight belt. This is something that this man would not be able to handle well. Oh, Kevin Sullivan and the Tasmania are the most insane in the some tag team that anybody's ever man. seen. But on March 26th, <laughs> Saturday, 1 p.m., it could all be over. They could split forever. That means no more. Thanks for defining forever for us, Maddie. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we're right into the main event, it seems here. And this is a ECW TV championship match. It's Tasmaniac against Sabu, who Sabu is defending the title here. And looks like Paulie is at ringside. And I said it two weeks ago in the last episode, and I did look it up. I And I hadn't mentioned it yet at this point, but there, there was a lot of kids in the audience. And that's because this show was put on for a kids group. So there's a large audience of like 12-year-olds. So I was correct with my guess there. Sabu just fucking made a crazy dive. Which is a typical Sabu move if you watch ECW in 95-96. Where yeah. he, he jumps moonsaults from the second rope into the crowd. So classic Sabu move there. Taz is down. Sabu chance. People getting behind him here. Oh yeah. The, one of the, I would say, the coolest thing going on. Yeah. Right. This is all new style at this point, and it's also somebody that you would read in the magazines that was hyped. Holy shit! Tasmaniac just did a fucking belly-to-belly -belly suplex out of the ring to Sabu. <laughs> He's like, cheer my name now, motherfucker. Yeah, where's Taz? Taz. Remember, it's Tasmaniac, but it's tough to call him Tasmaniac. It's just too long. I'm calling him Taz. Yeah, it's fucking Taz now. Yeah. Sorry I mean, we'll make, to our listeners we'll, if, I don't, if I don't stick to their ECW names. It's right. easier. And we'll make note when he actually does become Taz and all that. But for now, yes, he's Tasmaniac, but he's Taz to us. Because he's wrestling the same exact way as Taz. He just yeah. has a fucking stupid leotard on. He's got like the Andre the Giant outfit with some little fri frilly things. <laughs> Alright, so Sabu is in an arm lock at this point with Taz, and Taz then switches the hold into a to a chokehold. Did the chokehold on? I don't know what that is. I can't really see from this angle. Headlock? Maybe a headlock. Well, now he has a headlock in on. Headlock, maybe? Uh, Sabu reverses, gets a headlock, but then Taz suplexes him. He legit is a human suplex machine because that's all he does, really. <laughs> is numerous suplexes. 
It's crazy the amount of different suplexes that he can work into a match. I give Sabu all the credit in the world. Nobody else can stand up to either one of these two. And they come off as if they fit in fit into the story of the match. Nice leg drop as Sabu does his traditional come out of the ring, go from the ring apron, jump over the top rope and leg drop into the ring. Innovative moves. Back and forth between these guys. Between Sabu and yeah, Taz. Definitely like the next the new wave. New age wrestling. Yeah, definitely. Way ahead of its time too. Really like two years ahead of what WCW and in WWF will do. Well, maybe just a year because in 95, the cruiserweights will go to WCW. But yeah, it's beginning around here at this point. We have people like Benoit and Jericho doing their thing elsewhere. And they'll also make stops in ECW soon too. But what a match going on here, in my opinion. Back and forth. Good moves. Headbutt from Taz. I know that's not obviously a good move, but <laughs> that's just what I saw on the screen. Sabu counters one of the... Ooh, no, I was going to say, don't tell me that's how the match is going to end. With all this great shit, <laughs> Sabu's going to reverse a belly-to-belly -belly and fall on him and get the cover. But Taz kicked out. Women's at ringside, chaining on Taz. Oh, they must have cut out a lot of shit because all of a sudden... There's a chair in the ring. Yeah, what the hell? I don't remember seeing that. <laughs> There's a chair in the ring, and Sabu does his uh, running leg drop away. into the corner. Now Taz is just beating on Sabu with the chair. Referee John Finnegan doesn't give a shit about it. Gives him some leniency. Taz takes him down with a leg sweep. Gets him into a leg lock. Oh, Sabu reverses it. They like said good action. And really, the early, they've, they've actually already had a match we covered not too long ago. Sabu's debut match was against Taz. But here they are again having a much better match than their first match. But these guys will go on to have a huge feud. Actually, the first ECW pay-per-view is based around their match. This is a vicious, hard-hitting match right now. Some nice yeah. spots. This is one of your Taz's oh. fucking patented suplex. Oh. That was a crazy Woman. suplex. That was like a million-dollar dream into a suplex. Yeah, that was wild. Yeah, shit, I can't think of the name of that. But even Taz was winded by doing that suplex, and that led Sabu <laughs> to being able to kind of get back back up and give him a little drop kick, to a low drop kick. Taz is set up on a table now outside the ring. Sabu is going to... Oh, Sabu misses. And he crashes through the table. Ooh. A woman in Heyman now. Holly whacks Taz with the with his cell phone or his cordless phone. Then Woman goes right after him. So now we have a standoff between Pauly and Woman. Woman has this nice mesh dress on. Oh yeah. Ooh, there comes her man, Kevin Sullivan. <laughs> Kevin Sullivan punches Pauly. 
Oh. Oh, shit. Sabu is suplex off the second rope. Taz gets the win. I missed the count. One, two, three. Taz wins the ECW TV title. That's how that first match ended, remember? That Taz won. Even though Sabu was crazy nuts, Taz was able to pull it off with a suplex like that off the second rope. So there they did. They used the same finish, and and Taz, Tasmaniac wins the ECW TV title. Joey Styles is wrapping things up, telling us about Ultimate Jeopardy. Oh, we're back oh. to the ring. <laughs> Sabu is going through a table for no fucking reason as the show goes off the air. <laughs> oh, wow. All right, so good finish right there. That's, I think that's worthy viewing. You know, something to go back and just watch on your own and li totally listen to Joey Styles' commentary on it is Sabu versus Taz from this March 15th, 1994 episode. That match was taped on March 6th of 1994. Taz wins the TV title. So I think it's a decent episode. It was only a 38-minute episode. Nice and quick. Obviously, some things were cut out. It even looks like they cut some stuff out of the match there. Sabu versus Taz. Uh, something decent to go back and watch. Even, you know, Shane Douglas, Public Enemy, Terry Funk, Kevin Sullivan, and Crash was decent. It, it's I think it was overbooked. Too many people in it. So it was kind of get became slow paced at points, but some points were good with Terry Funk and Shane Douglas. Even some spots with Public Enemy were pretty decent at that point. You know, promos, my opinion, sucked. JV, I think you agree with that. It was nothing I to agree. even. There's nothing to even. 100. We didn't even have to lay out for anything, right? I don't think we yeah. tried, and then we stopped. Yeah, every single time. So <laughs> we're not gonna have to lay out for any of that. When you, when you do the post-production for this. So, so that wraps up the episode from March 15, 1994. We're going to take a quick little break. And we have a hit song coming to you. We didn't have any request. And there wasn't any music played on here that I was able to get note of from anything that I read about these episodes. So I decided, let's take a look and see what was going on in March of 1994. What were the hit songs? And this song, this single debuted March 8th of 1994, so just a week before this. So during March 15th, people would have been jamming to this song, and it's Coolio, Fantastic Voyage. You know, and it makes sense, because JV and I are on this fantastic voyage of going <laughs> through ECW, Hardcore TV. So we're going to take our break, you listen to that, and then we'll be back with episode 49 for March 22nd, 1994. Enjoy! Come on, y'all, let's take a ride. Don't you say a word, just get inside. It's time to take your wings on another kind of trip. Cause you can't have to hop if you don't have to hit. Grab your with the Everybody kick it, kick it, kick it, get after kick it. Ain't no blood, ain't no tripping, ain't no fools. 
Cause in the party said trip and everybody got a stack and it ain't no crap. And it really don't matter if you're white or black. I wanna take you there like the staple singer. Put something in the tank and I know that I can bring it. If you can't take the heat, get your ass out the kitchen. We on a mission. Got no ride. Wait a minute, wait a minute. We're calling me. Alright, we're back and we are gonna head on to episode 49 of Eastern Championship Wrestling Hardcore TV. 
and it's from March 22nd of 1994, and I hope you enjoyed that Coolio fantastic voyage in your slide, slide, slippery slide. <laughs> Never know what to do when it's do or die. Something like I that. I loved this song <laughs> back in the day. It was cool. Come along, getting right on that fantastic. Yeah, that was fucking oh, awesome. Yeah. As a, what was I, 11? Yeah, I was 11 years old. I had no, probably no fucking clue about any reference in that song, but it just sounded great. <laughs> and it was an awesome video. Yeah, like I, yeah. It was like a dream sequence video. It was fucking cool. Yeah, I took it for like the very PG parts of it that it was. <laughs> right. And that, you know, Coolio came off as being like kind of a PG rapper that early on. <laughs> At least in my opinion. No, he was. I'd say so. So, um, like one thing, rap. yeah. So the guy, do you remember the video? The, the video is pretty notable, I, I think. I don't remember the video. No. It was a good video, but the guy that directed it, he would go on to do uh, many other videos at the time. He did uh, It Was a Good Day by Ice Cube, Natural Bone Killers by Dr. Dre and Ice Cube, Keep the Heads Ringing by Dr. Dre, Sorry Miss Jackson, Waterfalls. So. Big time video director, yeah, but shit, yeah. he would go on to be a big time movie director too. His name's F. Gary Gray. That name should be familiar. Ring a tone at all? Or you need me to give you a movie? You got to give me a movie. F. Gary Gray. All right. So based on all those videos, what movie you think was his first breakout movie? Nineteen ninety five. Take a guess. You already referenced it in the episode earlier today. <laughs> the mask? No, not the mask. No. Batman? No. No. Nope. What wow, did I reference? Already, I referenced, already the referenced three earlier. movies. <laughs> Didn't I reference the mask earlier? You did. The that wasn't it. It wasn't Batman. Nope. You said. It wasn't the mask. You said Smokey. Oh, Friday? Come yeah, on. Yeah, he directed no Friday. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't believe we referenced that many movies. (laughs) Now that you say that, I totally totally see it. So he he directed Friday. He went on to do Set It Off, The Negotiator, with uh, Samuel Jackson and Kevin Spacey, The Italian Job, Be Cool with The Rock was in that, and more recently did Straight Outta Compton. So this guy's fucking been on a roll since he directed... Fantastic Voyage. He's gone on a fantastic voyage of a career as a director. Yeah, he's crazy. He did the Coolio fate the, as a fate rapper, not so much. No, Coolio hasn't, but F. Gary Gray has gone on <laughs> to be legit. After this, he peaks with what? Gangster's Paradise comes out after Fantastic Voyage, right? Yeah, Coolio-wise, yeah. Gotta be. And then he peaks there. Yep. All right, so... Hopefully that gave you guys enough time to get set up with the next episode as we give you a history of F. Gary Gray, <laughs> the movie director. Uh, we are at March 22nd, 1994. The episode is 45 minutes long in one second. I'm all set. JV, you're all set, right? Yes. All right. I'll give a countdown this time, three down to one. I don't know why I said five down to one last time, but it's going to be three down to one. And I'll say play, and then we'll all click play. Three. Two, one, play. All right, so we get the disclaimer. That'll take a Not couple seconds. Not saying it this time. No, 
Not saying it. We'll just say that it's up there and say, fuck you, disclaimer. And now here we go to the action. And it's back to a recap of what we just covered. Sabu crashing through the table. Taz gets back in the ring. Pauly attacks Woman. Woman attacks Pauly. Taz is going to win the ECW television title. Now, one thing I didn't mention as we kind of wrapped up the last portion of the show is in the match with the with Shane Douglas and Sherry, Sherry never came back. So what the fuck happened there? <laughs> Why'd she leave? That's still a mystery. She didn't come back or bring anybody back out to the ring with her. It was just left a total mystery. So I hope, hopefully, you know, for continuity purposes, they'll mention it, right? I'm hoping so. But who knows? That's a great point. Who knows what their fucking style of production is at this point? That may go by the wayside. There it is. Taz is the champion. And we get our opening. I like an opening like that. Give a little recap and then have the opening. And woman looking as only woman can look. That's my Ric Flair. (laughs) song, we never know what song we're going to get. It's always a different one. Is this your favorite one? uh... This might be the music we have Mm. to go with at the end if we don't come up with a second song. No, this ain't this ain't the one I like. Oh no, I don't think so. What no. do we usually play for the second song, the ending song? If goes, we don't have a okay, right that one. All right. I don't know if I'm doing it any justice here. <laughs> well, now I know what it is. So if we can't come up with another song to do, that's I guess that's what you'll hear at the end of this episode. <laughs> Knowing is half the battle. Where you at, Frank Gals? Where you at, Rick Beebe? Give us some fucking music to play. Pick some shit. Yeah. Reach out to us on Twitter. <laughs> ECW. Extremecast. <laughs> or at Extremecast, rather. And for any of you other listeners, feel free to do the same. Reach out. Complain. Let us know you listen. Give us some little tidbits. Tell us what music you want us to play. I feel like it's a, it's a midnight request line. <laughs> Pick a song. <laughs> what do you want to hear? Tell us your problem. Tell us your yeah. problem. Yeah, tell us your problems. We'll read this shit. <laughs> you know, in some shitty matches, I'll go to the tweets and read some of them. Yeah. That'd be fun. That'd be cool. So tweet us up, guys. We want you involved in this exclusive group because this is Booking the Territory Patreon. It's a special group, guys. So get interactive, be involved. And when I, only when I could think Todd Gordon was pimping it out in the last episode, here he is again with a nice designer suit. He's got another scarf on, same scarf, just wearing it differently, wearing it properly. He was wearing it like a numb nuts before. This is actually the way you should wear it. And he still has his shit ass hat on. And what time you Todd Gordon, rather. Todd Gordon is promoting the Ultimate Jeopardy show. And I wish we could see this. It's a steel cage match. Eight men. Everybody gets a weapon. 
and his team, Kevin Sullivan, the Tasmaniac, and the <laughs> This hat sucks. They probably felt so cool that they got their own hats when they came in. Well, at least he did, because he was the only one to wear them. I bet all the guys in the back, like Joey Styles, got one. And Joey Styles never wore it. <laughs> I could picture Shane Douglas wearing it, though. He probably fucking wore that. Because I see him as like, yeah, he's, it looks kind of cool, but I bet he's kind of goofy, too. Acts like a badass, but he has no style. For five minutes, alone with Road Warrior Hawk, Terry Funk, Kevin Sullivan, and the Tasmaniac. It's ultimate jeopardy. It's the match no one can afford to lose. It's the show no wrestling fan can afford to miss. All right, we got a Road Warrior Hawk promo here. And there had to be music playing here. I wonder what it was. This music sucks ass. This is awful. What is this? Double vision, man. I'm looking for what? <laughs> hey, hey! Man, I gotta find what was playing instead of this. <laughs> this is terrible. Come on, there's gotta be a note of it. Time to get into a fight! Oh man, <laughs> this is funny. You gotta like, maybe try to crank up the audio a little bit. That's nah, too short, it's not worth it. <laughs> but it sucks, guys. That's some shit-ass music. Time to get into a fight. <laughs> Gonna get in my car and drive to the bar. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's where you go to get to a fight, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of works. <laughs> All right, so anyway, I couldn't find anything on that. But now we go to a match. It's the Bruce Brothers versus Damian Stone and Devin Storm. Devin Storm, he was actually a wrestler in the Massachusetts area, in our area. He did Yankee Pro Wrestling. And at this point, he's going by the name Chris Ford, but it is uh, Devin Storm, which we would go, he would go by for much longer. And then he would also become Crowbar in WCW during that shitty period of like 99 that's crowbar no yeah. kidding <laughs> yeah, when he becomes crowbar he looks more like one of the bruise brothers <laughs> yeah I remember crowbar we're like, like guns and shit or something right yeah he's like part of Raven's flock possibly I think yeah yeah yes. wrong, yeah but. I think yeah, that, that's what I was thinking something like because he was like not gothic but whatever you call that grungy yeah Right, like with Kidman. Yes, yes, yep. Why do they keep talking about Tommy Dreamer's birthday? He just turned 23. I want to see when his birthday is. Is it actually during this time? Let's see. Tommy Dreamer's birthday. So the previous episode was the 15th. This is the 22nd. So his birthday better lie between the 15th and the 22nd. Of March. Oh, they're bullshitting. 
Let's see. Tommy Dreamer's birthday is February 13th, 1971. <laughs> 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 so not only was it before those dates, it was before the actual TV taping of March 5th and March 6th. So he had already turned 23. He wasn't 22, almost 23. He was already 23. Trying very hard with that lie. Yeah, why? Just say he's 23. Uh, or he just turned yeah, 23. Yeah, it's a big deal. No one gives a fuck. <laughs> right, just say he's 23. But yeah, this is, you know, the start of his career, 23 and 22. That's when, you know, most people start their careers in life, 22, 23, when you get out of college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tommy Dream was born 1971, which puts him 12 years older than me. That's crazy because 12 years seems like nothing now, like someone being 12 years older than me now. But when I'm 12 and someone's 24... <laughs> Seems like yeah, a long fucking a time. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so we're getting a recap here of the Jimmy Snooker and Tommy Dreamer feud. Snooker is, like I said in the early episode we covered on this episode, is that he's been like the face of ECW, one of the guys to help them build this company. He's been healed the whole time, and Tommy Dreamer is a young and up-and-comer trying to stand up against him. Trying to, like, make his name known. Alright, so that brings us now to Joey Styles and Jason. Jason on commentary with his big-ass shoulders. <laughs> what are those called? Double-breasted shoulders or wide shoulders? Yeah, like wide shoulder pads. Like a woman did back in yeah, fucking I was just gonna say, that's what women wore. <laughs> like office jobs. Right. You know why they wore that in office jobs? Then it look as bitch? They want to look like men. Yeah, well, yeah, this thing, if anything, it made them look more bitchy. I see that. I'm like, ah, that lady's probably a bitch. Yeah, she wants, she she wants to look like a man. Yeah. They might as well have, like, wore cups, too. Like, I got a dick here, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Walking around, kick me in my junk. Kick me in the Jimmy. <laughs> and they act like she got kicked in the dick. What are you hoping to see, huh? You off television. Are you hoping to see me? You off my monitor. How's that? Yeah, JV hates Jason. <laughs> Sucks. Oh, look, look. He's even decided to make sure everyone sees his ponytail. So he's flipped it to the side. Just so, you know, I'm that cool, you know I got a ponytail. Like, I don't want people thinking I'm some nerd without a ponytail. I yeah, got yeah. this fucking ponytail. I grew this. This is what I have. That's as he's pointing to the camera. I earned this ponytail. I grew this shit out. You need to <laughs> see it. It's not going to be just behind my head. I'm not a pussy like you, Joey Styles, who has this rat tail behind your head. I can need to make sure I turn around so everyone sees it completely. Does he have a rat tail? No, I'm just saying, like... <laughs> oh, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> but if, like... Huh? Is it because you're short? 
<laughs> but if nobody saw it, then nobody would know he had it. So Jason is like so into, I want people to see that I have this rat tail, this mullet. And I'm not like you, Joey Styles, who's hiding it behind there. <laughs> Funny, he called, he's like, what are you afraid because you're short? Like, he's a tall guy. He's not a right. tall wrestler. He's probably like 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, it can't be more hey, than that. He doesn't strike me as, like, much taller than me. No. I ain't going around calling people short. <laughs> they're like dwarfs or midgets. <laughs> Let's see if I can find out his height. Jason, Jason Knight, 5'9". Ah, look at that. And that's build, probably, right? Yeah, that's his build height. So he's probably so he's like five, five, eight, five seven. Yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe even five six. Look what Joey Styles is. It's called Joey Styles shot. That was Joey Styles. Yeah, watch him. Yeah. Which would be the same height. Shot Joey Styles is taller. Build height five seven. That might be legit though for an announcer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't have to bill him. Like, why are you going to make him tall? There's no reason. Yeah, no one gives a fuck. Make him shorter, if anything. <laughs> yeah. And Road Warrior Hawk. Oh, my friend Road Warrior Hawk. You would like nothing better. But for your three parties, All right, so Jason's building me. up this and after I'm match with Hawk. We're building two in the opening packages. But you want to know something? I have faith in Mr. Hughes. Frankly... I could care no less whether Shane Douglas gets his head shaved or not. Frankly, frankly, I could care no less if the public enemy stays in ECW. All right, fucking end this promo already. He's just but I care about my blabbling. Yeah, this guy kills episodes that we watch. He's an episode killer. And he's been doing the it mic, for a while. And he just rambles. Joey Styles needs to just take over. Okay, we gotta go to this match. <laughs> just cut him off. And that's what I want to say. Let's go to the Rock and Rebel and the Pibble versus the Young Dragons. Let's go. Yeah. Let's, let's move on. Fuck out of this. Now he turns it up. Get, go away, get him off. Yeah. Sucks. And that's how he finishes it. He's all hyped and pissed off, and he, it's like I'm the sexiest man on earth. Like, that's how you finish off a promo where you're trying to be badass. I'm the sexiest man on earth. Who, who, who yeah. cares if you're sexy? Let this guy out of. No one that's training. gonna fight you gives a fuck if you're sexy or ugly. Who fucking cares? I feel bad because he's trying, but he's probably yeah. got a probably bunch of yes men around him because they don't right. want to see him succeed. Look at Jason here now. He's fucking got all leather on like he's <laughs> Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me some jokes. Hickory dickory dock. <laughs> My mouth went in. <laughs> My cock went in your mouth. <laughs> Jacked as always. Yeah, Pitbull looks great. Oh, he said Ugh. you better say it right. Fuck this guy. Rock and Rebel. 
Ayatollah Rock and Roller? Jericho stole it from this guy? Did he say that? No. Yeah. He said the Ayatollah of Rock and Roller? That's what the ring announcer just said. Fuck! I didn't hear that. Wow. Did he steal that? I've always known that as... A Jericho thing. Jericho. I mean, maybe it's just a phrase. Maybe it's a general phrase that people have said during this time in the early 90s. Unless it's from or a the movie. 80s. I feel like it Who could be from a movie. It maybe it could be. I'll have to look into that. Who's this fucking fake ninja? What is this? Right, who's Storm. in this match? Storm Shadow? It's a G.I. Joe character. <laughs> Storm Shadow. This guy's probably not even Asian underneath. Well, these are the young dragons. That's right. So, oh, the f yeah, we talked about them last episode. Now, who the fuck were the young dragons again? Oh, uh, one of them is Mikey Whipwreck. Yeah, Paul. I think it was Paul Warrior and Mikey Whipwreck. So Mikey Whipwreck might be that stupid ninja. Oh, oh man. Oh shit. Now Jason's on commentary? My god. Didn't these guys team before just without the costumes on? Yeah, they didn't have costumes last time. They had. Who'd they rep against? Mike Awesome? Something? Yeah, I think it was Mike Awesome in a. Maybe it was a double team. A handicap match, rather. Yeah, who the fuck was it? Jason. Who's just talking? Yeah, I think it's Jason. Yeah, no, it was 911 that beat up uh, the Young Dragons in a handicap match on the March 8th episode. Nothing's gonna happen to me. I will. I will be around, and I will spite you all forever. Oh, 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 he almost fell down the steps again. Well, I figured. Wait, what a kick by the pit bull! Just picking his shots. These, <laughs> these young dragons, as they are now, and uh, well, they even got a young dragon sign in the front row. <laughs> but these young dragons look like. I don't know, like 80s rockers <laughs> wearing karate <laughs> costumes. <laughs> you can't really see their face, but the hair is like typical 80s rock band. Hair metal band. Oh, shit. Rock and Rebel body slams one of these dragons onto the table, and then Elbow drops them through the table. They're black belts, in case you didn't notice, so they're tough. Oh, yeah. They look like it. As the Rock and Rebel is, his mullet is growing longer and longer. All right, we're getting, uh, looks like the finish here. 
A super bomb, oh. super power oh, bomb move. from the second rope. That's a great move. I mean, lose Rock and Rebel and bring the other Pitbull in and create the Pitbull's team already. Yeah, no shit. I'm looking forward to the day that the Rock and Rebel is no longer on these shows. wonder how far away we are. I think he's kind of hanging around for at least a year. Gradually not around, but making appearances here and there. I mean, by the time they start to get more and more talent, the less and less he's asked to be brought back. <laughs> True that. When you get people like Dean Malenko and Chris Jericho being asked to show up, Rock and Rebel is not going to be on many, many matches unless he's getting jobbed. And his ego is probably so big that he didn't want a job, so he didn't fucking go in any matches with those guys. I'm willing to bet that. That's his whole line of thinking. That, oh no, I was I'm an original. I'm not getting beat by these guys. Alright, you don't <laughs> fucking work here anymore then. <laughs> yeah, fired. Yeah, go work in a up at fucking Massachusetts Boys and Girls Club. Some shitty promotion. Put on a hell of a show last episode that we just just covered. Yep, Tasmania new TV champion, so that's a video package they're showing at this point is all his highlights. Some damn good highlights. They're all suplex-based, of course. Which, what else would you want to see from Taz? Fucking amazing suplexes. Oh, and now we move on to JT Smith. So, we're setting up for a Taz versus JT Smith TV title match. And if you've been listening from the beginning, JT Smith is our guy. This is who we've been on the side of all along. Other than making fun of his uh, lisp that he has. <laughs> his talent's fucking incredible. One of the best workers in the early ECW. And I would say even at this point, he's still one of the better workers. Absolutely. And he even beat Mike Awesome as they showed Mike Awesome just spear him through the fucking guardrail. That was brutal. That was amazing when Mike Awesome did that. Too bad he lost when the ring ropes broke. <laughs> that was so sloppy. That was embarrassing to watch. What kind of music is this? I wish I had these original episodes so I can get this music. Because you know they're dubbing something in here. That there yeah. would have been some cool music. Well, I don't have 94. I have 95, 96, 97. I have the rest of it. I just don't have 94. What kind of music is this from? This is like... It sounds like gladiator music that they're playing right yeah. now. Can JT Smith beat Taz right here in just a few local, minutes? Local access television fucking... This font looks like Ninja Turtles font. In a way. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> oh. Shane Douglas being led to the ring by Sherry Martel. We're gonna get a Shane Douglas match? Yeah, we are. It's going to be Shane Douglas versus Pat Tanaka. Ow. Look at that jacket he's rocking. Where do you buy something like that? <laughs> That's 
that's the I thing. Out, that's the thing I always thought with wrestling. I was like, where are they getting this shit? A fucking belly cut <laughs> sequin jacket. Yeah. Those are sequins, right? Yeah, that's what they're called. Tassels. Tassels, sequins. Yeah, something like that. Look at he grabs her ass, smacks her ass. There you go. She's a sport. She don't care. She'd probably kick him in the nuts backstage if she wasn't happy. I'll do that again, dickhead. <laughs> Pat Tanaka is wearing like a sweatshirt. <laughs> oh, slaps. Shane Douglas disrespecting Pat Tanaka here. Shoves him right down to the mat. And Sherry laughs her ass off. And we get this match kicked off. Little exhibition match here. No feud built in here. Just the filler match, I guess. This was also taped for March 6th of 1994. Oh. That was a nice, uh, nice move there by Pat Tanaka. Headbutt to the nuts. Yeah. That we saw. Right, let me check the timestamps. Well, now they're outside the ring. Yeah, outside the ring. I'm at 25, two. 14, 16. I'm a second ahead of you. Okay. That's no biggie. Oh, yeah. Shane Douglas selling the nut shot. Come on, you cowards. <laughs> yeah. Come on, you cowards. Get in the ring. <laughs> he should have yelled like, fuck you, my balls hurt. <laughs> So yeah, the one thing we didn't reference yet when they when they bring up the Ultimate Jeopardy, the Ultimate Jeopardy promos is that Shane Douglas is going to be in a shave the head match. So that's the big thing they're building up to. Yeah, I don't know if we'll see much of it. I'm gonna while this is going on, I'll look ahead a little bit and see if it gets covered on any of the upcoming episodes. So I don't give anything away. So I would imagine some of the Ultimate Jeopardy matches would be on future episodes. Yeah, so they're going to have some highlights. <laughs> Here's Sherry. Okay, dumbass. Yeah. yeah, that was awesome. Stupid ass. <laughs> She's screaming. <laughs> She's awesome. Oh, yeah, stupid ass. Alright, well, the thing that I'm looking at that kind of kind of recaps what the matches are doesn't show the match. So. They might not cover it or show it, but they might just reference it. So we'll see. doesn't give a shit. She's screaming from the outside constantly. Yeah, she's just awesome here. Yelling and screaming. Hey, Petanaka's, you know, handling himself here. Yeah, he is. Oh, some technical problems here. Yeah. A nice bridge up into a 
slide or a pin. Tanaka needs some fucking ring gear. What is this? He looks like a hobo. Like he just, like he drove like 300 miles in his car in that outfit and just, yeah, all right, I'm ready. Like he has no fucking gear. He's just wearing his regular clothes. He probably asked somebody backstage, you got any tape? And that's the tape that he has on his wrist. That's it. He's like the kid that shows up to school without a pencil. Hey, you got a pencil? I don't know. I just fucking rolled out of bed and I'm here. You know, you got a, you have a yeah. pencil? <laughs> That's Pat Tanaka here. I'm here for a payday. Nice suplex. Oh. Yeah, Shane Douglas has been doing some nonchalant covers as Joey Styles just referenced. He not only did it here, but he did it previous episode to Terry Funk. So we get a cocky Shane Douglas. What's that? Not how you win matches. No. Nope. You gotta hook the leg. Gorilla Monsoon has been saying that for years. <laughs> Ooh. Cameraman zooming in on Sherry's ass. Man, Cherry's got a dirty <laughs> mouth. She is going off. <laughs> she won't stop. This is a well-rounded match. You got great fucking shit talk from a valet. Pretty good technical match so far. A little kind of a shitty kick. Yeah. Jason Knight kick, but it was. It be. It, hear me say about Jason Knight. It became a legit kick <laughs> because Tanaka ran right into it. Yeah. Wow, what a clothesline. Pat Tanaka really fucking sold it. Shit. But she is a former women's champion. So she's not the average woman. So maybe it does have some little gusto behind it. JV, so at this point in our coverage, you know, currently with this product, who's your favorite wrestler? ECW. Who do you look forward to watching and seeing when we cover Terry these Funk. shows? Terry Funk. Terry Still Funk. Terry Funk, yeah. yeah. Still Terry Funk, yeah. That's a good one, yeah. He's definitely worthwhile. Shane Douglas is my guy right now. Yeah, he'd point. be my number two right now. He's coming into his own. He's, I mean, he was already a solid wrestler, as we've seen when we've watched matches of him in WCW. When we uh, do the bottom line wrestling cast. Yep. With the Hollywood Blondes against Shane Douglas and Ricky Steamboat. He was already solid there, and this is not too soon after that. But as a heel, it's just another level. That's the thing that needs to happen more often with wrestlers that are just solid wrestlers as a babyface. If you turn them heel, that turns them up, like, big time, you know? 
They can go to a different level. Well, they're not handcuffed to like a positive crowd reaction. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. There's more to it than that, but I've, I, I, I don't know. I mean, not everybody, cool. but I think I guess I'm my my comment only really references this time period. But like Shane Douglas is this like extreme babyface who comes off as a solid wrestler. In WWF in 91 and then WCW 93 and into 94. He's already this, well, not well known, but he's this solid wrestler that people do know of. And when he comes here and has a different attitude, that immediately stands out to this audience. Like, holy shit, it's different. Yep. So when you, can, when you can do that, that can help a lot. So if he went in... To ECW as just who he was already, it would suck. People would have been like, oh, yeah. you're, you're that fucking bum. You know, you're that, just that extreme baby face. Why do we care about you? So it was smart, and it was probably all Paul Lee. Like, no, you're going to be a heel when you come in here. And actually, that is true because that's what Paul, that's how Paul Lee sold it to him is that you're going to come in as a heel. And Shane Douglas was like, oh, okay, all right, I'll do it. All right, so we got some crazy shit happening here. Shane Douglas got powerbombed by, by Tanaka. Tanaka is going to take an opportunity to try to... The leg hook. Yeah, that time he got the leg hook. Shane Douglas was uh, preventing Tanaka from hitting the powerbomb on Sherry and nailed him with a clothesline and, like JV just said, hooked the leg and got the win there. So exciting finish there. And there they go. They continue to sell this Valley Forge music fair. All right, so they're gonna A recap here. Recap this uh, feud that's been going on between Sandman and Tommy Cairo. From there, it was Sandman and Cairo forging a successful tag team based. On their friendship, enjoying success here in the ECW. However, after being blinded in the ring, the Sandman accidentally slugged his wife, Miss Peaches, and showed no remorse. Sandman, what about Miss Peaches? What about Miss Peaches, Jay Sully? She's home doing the laundry. You know, she stuck her nose in a man's business, and sometimes it gets smacked. Whoa! Oh. Time to get out of this one. Uh, time to end this interview. Life's a bitch. <laughs> That's all. Awesome. And then you marry <laughs> one. The Sandman, jealous of his wife's successful modeling career, had a change of attitude. It was almost like black and white. The Sandman became vicious in the ring, destroying opponent after opponent. His wife, Peach, is not happy with his new attitude. Try to talk He doesn't like her attitude either. He became violent, twisting away in front of a jam-packed ECW arena. It was at that point that the Sandman's best friend, a friend of the couple, Iron Man Tommy Cairo, entered the ring, attempting to talk some sense into the Sandman. For just a moment, it seemed... I like the black and white that they're using. Yeah, it, gives it, it makes it more dramatic. <laughs> exactly. So he believes Tommy Cairo is cheating with his wife. 
the Sandman would meet again face to face here last week on Eastern Championship Wrestling. And this is what we covered earlier. Hunter Q. Robin's going to come in and cause the DQ. So the ultimate jeopardy. Sandman versus Iron Man Tommy Cairo. And I do have the results to the show. So I'll share that before we wrap things up today. Because we're not going to be able to watch it. And it's just going to be highlights on upcoming episodes. So I'll just run down the entire results after. Sound good? Yes. Alright. Alright, what do we got here? This sounds like some fucking legit music, but I bet it's fake music again. 911 vignette? Yeah, 911 just choke slamming everybody. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, there goes uh, Gilberg. <laughs> Gilberg with hair. They keep showing Gilberg with hair get... <laughs> it's like the fifth time they've shown him. Because, realistically, 911's only been around for like three matches. So they just keep showing different angles of choke slamming the same guy. There it is again. <laughs> there it is. How many times are you going to choke slam Gilberg? <laughs> Dwayne Gill. Dwayne, Gw Dwayne Gill was literally on one show that we've covered. And there he is getting choke slammed like seven times. This song's not actually too bad. <laughs> no, it's not. It's like a nice punk vibe to it. Yeah. Almost like Tenacious D. Tenacious D. Yeah. yeah, it's like a, like a parody of rock music. Yeah. <laughs> or it sounds even like uh, something Chris Jericho would sing. <laughs> People are going to hate me. Shitting on Tenacious D and Chris Jericho. They're fozzy. All right, and here's the big match. It's JT Smith going for the title, going for the recently won ECW TV title held by the Tasmaniac. All right, so this is tough. Taz versus JT Smith. JV, what are you looking to happen here? You want Taz to retain or you want JT Smith to finally get his due? You're going to get it through. No way. So you say Taz? Yeah. I, think I mean, yeah, Taz. Him and putting him over here. All right, Taz just won it, right? So he's with woman. JT Smith has been getting butt-fucked all along. <laughs> so we'll see. I mean, this could be a match where Taz, you know, shows off his style, like just gets over and, like, goes off on his title run. Wait, let's see what happens. Different type of style for JT Smith to be dealing with. Yeah. Just Taz is going at him with a brawler style to start. So JT Smith is not wrestling his normal way. One thing I've started to notice, because of Taz's height, a lot of the taller wrestlers that wrestle with him they 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 crouch and i don't know if that's just maybe a wrestling technique to crouch but it also could be they want to not look as big as him yeah yep just to help him get over more like you're not that small 
little technique. Wait a minute, JT's fighting back. JT now unloading on the Tasmania. Here comes JT. The Taz doesn't look as crazy. Uh, one other thing, uh, yeah, I didn't mention this because Taz, Tasmaniac originally had face paint. Remember? Yeah, he's already gotten rid of it, huh? Yeah, no more face paint. So you just see Taz. He just has long hair. I mean, that's the only difference. He doesn't wear boots. And again, yeah, it's still that like jungle, jungle gym shit. George of the Jungle. Irish whip. Clothesline in the corner. Nice clothesline. Seemed pretty stiff. I think it's so cool to see woman is the manager of Taz. Hey, the crowd's giving a nice, polite applause for J.T. Smith for drop-kicking Taz out of the ring. The crowd doesn't seem to really be behind Taz at this point. And they do seem to be behind J.T. Smith, so maybe a J.T. Smith would be something to make the crowd happy. Especially after this probably being one of the last matches of the taping. What? <laughs> wow, I guess I was way off. Holy so public God. enemy comes down there, causes kind of a distraction. Wow. Hey, what the fuck? So JT Smith comes off with a win out of nowhere and is now the new ECW TV champion. But the public enemy come down to attack Taz. I mean, it makes sense because the public enemy lost their tag team titles to Taz. So they want to get payback and cost him his TV title that he just recently won. So that does fit storyline. So that's pretty cool. Kevin Sullivan's come down to support his partner. But now Mr. Hughes is out there to help public enemy beat the shit out of Taz. And here is our man, Terry Funk. And now Shane's in the ring. So now it's a big shit show like it was a couple weeks back. Again, all these same guys back in the ring. Going at it. Going nuts. As they build to the big show that's coming up. At Valley Forge, Pennsylvania. That is Ultimate Jeopardy. Road Warrior Hawks out there. Wearing his shitty 1994 singles gear that he had. Hey, and that song's playing again. About to get into a fight. Gotta go to a bar. <laughs> Holy shit. Look at this hawk. Look at hawk. Oh! Pick like a rock or rock like nothing, yeah. And then just big big ass boot through Johnny Grunge's face. Another clothesline there. Clothesline Shane Douglas. Kevin St Sullivan just stomping on Johnny, Johnny Grunge's sternum. Oh yeah, they're, they're wrapping up this. This is totally the end of the the recording for the crowd. Just big fucking brawl in the ring. When it ends, everybody goes home happy. That was fucking crazy. Let's go to the bar. <laughs> Terry Funk's <laughs> trying to put up his dukes with Hawk, and he realizes, oh no. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, whoops, wrong guy. 
looking. So look at this. In the middle of the ring, you got Terry Funk, Hawk, Taz, and Kevin Sullivan. Kevin uh, Taz right here with three well-known stars. So that must have been a nice boost for his ego. I literally just saw like a seven-year-old girl in the audience. Why the fuck would you bring a seven-year-old yeah, girl you... to this, yeah. to this wrestling? Yeah, I mean, eh. If WWF's not in your town, I guess there's no other option to go to some kind of crazy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Want to watch wrestling, man? All right. So again, this Saturday is the Valley Forge show. Ultimate Jeopardy. Like my bitch wife want to take the kid this weekend. It's my weekend with her. If Shane Douglas loses, he must shave his head. Terry Funk waving to the crowd. I'm out of here, motherfuckers. That's cool. <laughs> hey, I think we watched two good episodes. Two solid episodes there. Yeah, title changes for the TV good. title. Both main event matches were pretty solid. The end of this match, you know, with the big brawl at the end was pretty cool. And I didn't even mind that. Got to get into a fight music. <laughs> so that wraps up episode 49 from March 22nd, 1994. But since we're not going to be able to cover Ultimate Jeopardy as a show, as a Supercard special, I'm just going to run through the card and give you the results. So the show is March 26th, as they were saying a bunch of times, Valley Forge, Pennsylvania. And here's the results. Crash Terminator defeated the Pitbull. All right, so Crash is the new guy. I mean, they're both new guys, but Crash is the newest. And you know, who knows how it went down, but Crash gets the win over the Pitbull. 911 defeats Donnie Allen, Chad Austin, and Hack Myers. In a three-on-one handicap match. So, fucking choke slam City in that match, I'm, I'm damn sure. And JT Smith, the new ECW TV champion, is going to defend his title and defeat the Rockin' Rebel. Good. <laughs> That'd be bullshit. Rockin' Rebel wins the TV title. So, JT Smith starting off his run here as the ECW TV champion. Finally, about time. How long it lasts. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to look ahead. I, I just want to. I didn't think he'd get it, too. Yeah. Right, and he got it, and that's you know that's the next belt. That's like the IC belt, you know, Intercontinental. That's a second tier title right there. So uh, yeah, I don't want to look ahead. We'll just uh, play it out over these weeks and see how long it goes. And then in the next match, you have the Bruce Brothers defeat Pat Tanaka and Paul Diamond. Tommy Cairo is going to win that grudge match against the Sandman. Don't know how that goes down, but we will get highlights of these matches, like I said. They will show the highlights. I'm not sure about full matches, but we'll get the highlights and see how this all breaks down. Obviously, on the program, they want to tell us what happened in that feud, but Tommy Cairo will win that match. And then Tommy Dreamer has his feud going on with Jimmy Snuka, and Snuka defeats Tommy Dreamer in a steel cage match. And Snuka has always been known as being like the master of the steel cage back in... You know, 82, 83 in WWF. But the ironic thing with him being called that all the time is that he always lost those steel cage matches. It's just that they were iconic because he would jump off the cage and that would be impressive. 
but he would usually lose those matches. But here, this time, he defeats Tommy Dreamer in a steel cage match. And then we get to the main event. It's Shane Douglas, Mr. Hughes, and the Public Enemy. They teamed up. They defeated Terry Funk, Hawk, Kevin Sullivan, and Taz in an Ultimate Jeopardy match, which is basically a War Games match. So it's the same rules. Like one, two guys started off, and every few minutes, a member of each team comes in from the, you know, then it becomes two on one and two on two, and you know, so forth. So that's a War Games match, and Douglas is going to pin Terry Funk. After suffocating Terry Funk with a plastic bag. And now that, I, that I'm reading this, I remember that this was something that was a big deal. And this may be a reason why Ultimate Jeopardy is not available on WWE Network. Come to think of it. Is that the main event is something that they don't want to show. So they just don't show the entire episode. They say, eh, nah, we'll just keep this one off. So because of the pre-match stipulations, where if... Shane Douglas lost, he would shave his head. But if Shane Douglas were able to get the pin, then he would win the title. So Shane Douglas becomes the ECW champion again here on March 26th. So I'm sure in two weeks when we continue on this fantastic voyage through ECW, we will get to see those highlights and see Shane Douglas as the ECW champion once again. All right, now let's do the Extreme ECW wrap-up. And like I said, you know we'll be back in two weeks, and that'll be on May 20th for episode 24. And it's going to be a little bit extended, so we're actually going to cover three episodes. One is actually really short. It's less than 30 minutes. So we're going to squeeze that one in so we can kind of get on pace with the, uh, the timing of the year. So we're going to cover episodes 50 through 52. and being that it's 52, that's a complete year. And that lines up with that episode being an entire year of us doing this show. So it's our one-year anniversary, and it's a special jumbo-sized episode, kind of, where we're covering three episodes, March 29th, April 5th, and April 12th. So we're a complete year through. We got through what many would consider the shit that nobody wants to watch, but we got through it. <laughs> And we're starting our next year, probably where most people start watching it. Yeah, if I'm going to go back in the network and watch ECW, I'll probably start in 94 somewhere. Well, we went through all the 93 shit. And for those of you loyal listeners in the BTT Army, you made the journey through us, through with us. And next time is a year, and that's a celebration. And you should celebrate it by tuning in again in two weeks. With that special episode. Davey, I can't believe we did it. A fucking year. ECW. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's getting better, though. So It's definitely it's better. Where we, where we started and where we are now from a product perspective. Yep, and I would say the one thing that I would maybe have a gripe with a little bit that I don't like compared to the early episodes is I think the promos have taken a hit at this point. Where they're not taking much time for promos. Because I don't know how many people can actually give proper promos. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, we, or maybe three episodes ago, was um, Shane Douglas and Terry Funk. 
That was great. But that can't happen every week. So that's a rarity. So we're not seeing quality promo segments like we did back in 1993 when Terry Funk would almost have a promo every single week where we were able to just lay out and listen to it and then, you know, and just enjoy it and talk about it after. You know, now it's like 10 seconds. So if we're going to lay out, by the time we lay out, it's over, already over. It's not even worth talking about because it's shit. So that's the one thing that has taken a hit is that there's a different production style. It's a lot, it's a lot more fast-paced, which is cool in a way because they're squeezing in a whole lot more. But you're not getting the quality of uh, a promo. So that's the only thing that I would say is change and one thing I don't like as much about the product. But still good nonetheless and getting better. Definitely the wrestling is better than it was. And more known wrestlers that become fixtures in ECW. So those are the positives as we move on to one year on our next episode coming up in two weeks. But before we get out of here, I do want to remind you again that JV and I do the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast, the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin. And this week is episode 71, where we're covering December into January 2000 into 2001 of Stone Cold's career. And he's going to be looking to get a title shot. And he's going to have some interactions with Stephanie McMahon, who's finally breaking out of her shell and not being as annoying. She's getting hotter and hotter. And she's actually able to speak on the mic. So that's something we'll get into. And Stone Cold only just helps her along by having some great interactions with Stephanie McMahon. And that's all on episode 71 that's coming out. On the same day that this episode drops, Wednesday. So check that out. And also go back and check out last week where JV and I were joined by our friend Jay Free from Free Your Geek. And did a different style episode. A monthly bonus episode where we just talk wrestling. Just talk modern wrestling or topical wrestling. This past week was all about April of 2020. We just talked about what was going on in the world of wrestling for April. So check that out if you want some just current event wrestling talk and you like JV and I check out that episode along with Jay Free. He he actually jumped in as the host and he did a great job and it was a whole lot of fun and we're going to do that every month. He's a natural. Yeah, he's a great host. I love not to have to do it when he's there. <laughs> he just easily he could be a fucking like a late night host. He knows the questions to ask you and yeah. how to, you know, does a great job. So check out that episode also on Bottom Line Wrestling Cast. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me, Mike Pru at MPRU83. You can follow JV at John Van Damage. And again, you follow this show at ExtremeCast. So if you have recommendations for music that you want to be played here on the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast, on the Extreme ECW Livecast, sorry, send those tweets in. And I won't have to funnel through them because we don't get fucking much anyway. But I'll see them and I'll take note of them. <laughs> and, you know, if you want to just have any comment, you know, I'll get them in there. So if you have comments, I'll take note and I'll just copy and paste that shit right into my notes here and make sure I bring it up on episodes as they come up. So you want to be heard? You want your voice expressed on the podcast waves? Send those tweets in, and you'll get recognition. Unless you're just an asshole. Well, even if you're an asshole, I'll bring it up and call you an asshole. So, <laughs> so if you want that, you can you can have that too. So with that said, 
I'm Mike Pru. JV, you got any final words before we get out of here? No, sir. Till next time. All right. So long, guys. Lurched all over the church floor. <laughs> <laughs>